We are very excited about today's show. And before we begin, we got Jesse Ledoux with our product feature of the week. So Jesse, tell us what you got for us. Hey, Stephen. I am really, really, really excited about this week because we have a special about one of my favorite features of our whole site, and that is the title holder of the day feature, which is a great opportunity for you to take a video, share with the pageant planet your who you are, what your goals are, why you have this title, what it means to you, etc. Um, so it's really, really exciting. And this week it is discounted from $50. Usually it's 50 bucks to skip the line, get featured. This week it's 25. Wow, that's a great and it's really a great opportunity for like directors to buy for their title holders or for title holders to buy that because it's a really inexpensive way to market your pageant in front of like 350,000 plus people. So where, like when they have this video of why they started competing at pageants and why they chose this particular system, where is, where does that get posted? So it gets posted several places. So I think my favorite place is Instagram, of course, because the gram is where it's at. So it gets posted on our Instagram, which has 64,000, 65 and a half thousand followers, which is great exposure for you and your system. It gets posted on our fan page, on our homepage, on our banners, and it even goes in our newsletter. So tons and tons and tons of like press that gets like your story out there. It's great experience, both for your future pageant interviews and for your career, presenting yourself, learning how to tell your story. Yeah. And I just like watching them every day. So it's, it's always brings a smile to my face to see all the amazing things that girls around the globe are doing. Um, and guys, we've had some guy title holders of the day too. Um, okay. So if they want to take advantage of this one, is there a coupon code required and two, um, kind of like how do they find out where it is? So there is no coupon code necessary. We've built it right into the system for you this week. And you can find it at shop.pageantplanet.com. Thanks, Jesse. Welcome to Pageant Planet's podcast, where we share stories and strategies to help expand and connect the global pageant community. Visit pageantplanet.com to find pageants, hire coaches, shop for dresses, and more. Now, here's your host, Stephen Roddy. Welcome to another episode. Today, Jesse and I, we are going to be discussing how you can win any pageant in the world on your very first try. So Jesse, go ahead and set the stage for us. Steven, so many of our followers are new to the pageant world. And we know this by the questions we receive, by the messages we get on all of our social media. And it's likely that they've Googled the phrase how to win a pageant or something similar. And that's how they found us. So they rely on us for all things pageant. But lucky for them, we have done so much of the work of researching what it's like to compete on a global scale and how to win the title of their dreams. And we also collect information from contestants we work with, uh, contestants that we know have tried and tried and tried and finally succeeded to get their dreams. So we worked and con- and talked with a lot of them. So we've gathered all this information and we're ready to share. Yeah, so we got so many responses to this question that we posted on Instagram. And it just said, what do you know now that you wish you would have known before your very first pageant? And these hindsight collections, they're so important to your preparation. I mean, there's a reason why you know people like Crystal Stewart, Kristen Dalton, Katarana Gray, Miss Universe, you know, did so well when it came to the pinnacle of their competition. I mean, 
all of them had opportunities to learn from other pageants that they have done. And that experience alone gives like a valuable opportunity to understand the industry and to perfect their craft. Exactly. And today I want to talk about those tips and tricks that will allow a contestant to win anywhere around the world. There are some basic pageant ins and outs that you just won't learn until you compete. So we are here to help you skip the learning curve and achieve your dreams on the first time. And we get that you might be against former top five contestants that are coming back, but you might be, but you are amazing as well. So like, keep that in mind. So even though they have the experience, you still have something within you that could very well jump the line. Or maybe you're one of those top five contestants and you're at the plateau of your competition and you just can't seem to like break down the wall to get the crown. So hopefully our tips today will guide you to reach that level. Yeah, it's kind of taking the mysticism out of pageantry a little bit because there's a lot of... Uh, superstition or, you know, kind of man-made traditions, if you will, that are not really applicable across the board. Things like, Mm -hmm. oh, you got to put in your time before you win. And, uh, oh, white wins, white wins, you know, so you have to wear a white pageant dress or, you know, teens should never wear black, like pretty much anything. Or like when you're holding hands, have you heard this one, Jesse? I'm sure you have, but oh yeah, uh, crowning moment. If your hands are on top, that's the person who's going to win. It's not the hands as underneath, you know, as the girl, like the dominant hands, that's the one that wins. So these lessons that we are going to break down uh, for you, it's just to remove those superstitions and to get out of your own head because it pretty much becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy if you don't have the knowledge to to counteract what these um, so-called experts or people that's been in the industry for a really long time. So they've been kind of grandfathered into expert mm-hmm. status because yep. they've been around for the industry for 20 years. Therefore, they must know, right? But I mean, I think you and I can agree that there's a lot of adults in our lives that <laughs> they have really rooted uh, beliefs that you know, are not necessarily grounded on fact. That is uh, completely true. As much as it's difficult to recognize, but it is true. And the fact of the matter is there is no secret formula as far as what you wear, what you say, et cetera. It is the essence of you. And we've had Kristen Dalton on the podcast a few weeks ago, months ago, my gosh, that was over the summer. So it was months ago. And she talked about her book, The Sparkle Effect. And she was like, you know what? It was all about how I felt on the inside, the mentality I brought to the table that allowed me to shine. And Stephen, I've told the story, my personal story about researching all of my competition at Miss International and seeing I had a former Miss United States against me. And I like lost it and like totally overwhelmed myself just because I was anticipating instead of preparing. So I kept spending all this time researching and not preparing for my interview or working out or being in the community. So this is how you kind of change like change the game for yourself. Yeah. You want to really channel your energy towards things that one, you can control and two are going to be beneficial to you. You know, you're not mm-hmm. able to control who you're competing against. You're not able to control what they wear, coaches they hire, their past successes. However, you are able to control your mental well being because it all starts in your head. I mean, if you don't feel like you're going to win, then you just don't even show up like a winner at practice. You're not showing up like a winner when you're working with your coach or when you're at home Mm -hmm. working on your pageant questions, or you don't even practice at all because you're like, what's the point? I'm competing, in your case, against a former Miss United States. 
You know, it's like, what's the point? I've never won a national title, right? So, um, and that girl is going to, by default, be a, quote, front runner because she's had a previous title. So mm-hmm. people are like, oh, no brainer. She's won in, you know, Miss United States, so she's going to do well in Miss International. She's a safe bet, right? So um, you have to protect your own thoughts. Um, and I see so many girls um, and guys, for that matter, self-sabotage by doing this research online and then following their competition and getting super jealous when they see <laughs> their body transform and they're like, oh, I just had the most amazing session ever with this particular pageant coach. And you're thinking like, I didn't have an amazing session with, <laughs> with, my, with my coach. And you don't know what their context is, right? Like, they could have said, I had the most amazing uh, coaching session with my coach. It could have been the first time in the history of that coach like actually showing up on time. Maybe that coach just you know didn't send a text message to another client during that session, and that contestant was thrilled. You know, you don't have no idea what happened, but you create all these stories like mm-hmm. uh, because that's what your mind does. You're, you get this um, impression of what somebody does. And you create a story around it. So if you believe, again, we'll use you since you mentioned a specific uh, title. Mm-hmm. If you believe that Miss United States is going to win and you were following her on social media, then everything she posted would support your theory that Miss United States is going to win. And that's what we call a story. So everything that you see her post, will you will create a story to support the belief that she's going to win. However, if you decide, no, I'm going to win, right? And I have zero competition. Then what your mind starts to do, because your mind justifies whatever you believe, right, wrong, or indifferent. Mm-hmm. So if you choose to say, I'm going to believe that I'm going to win this particular title, and it doesn't matter who I'm competing against, then your mind will su- create stories to support that belief. And all it is is like you just have to choose, and then your mind and your body starts to line up with what you choose and what you consistently choose. Mm-hmm. And no matter what pageant you're choosing to enter, there are skills like we can provide today to make the transition as easy as possible and the learning curve non-existent. And today we've broken down the lesson into two major sections, preparation and aftermath. And aftermath is one that a lot of people don't think about, especially new contestants. So by having a strong short-term and long-term vision, you will have more success than if you're just thinking about the pageant itself. Got it. All right. So let's start with the preparation. What's the um, what's the preparation portion? So the preparation portion is don't underestimate what it takes to win. And we, like we said, we had some responses to our question on social media that we pulled. And then we, of course, had responses sent to our email, et cetera. So Stephen, do you want to take the first one that really formed this don't underestimate what it takes to win section? Oh, yeah. I'd love to. Okay. So the first... Um, our response that we selected was from Brooklyn underscore Wilkins, 2001. And she said, before my first big pageant, I wish I knew how important preparation is. I entered pageantry completely blind as to what they were really besides one small fair pageant I had done. I desperately wished I had done some type of prep, whether it was with my walk or an interview. In that interview, I was actually asked, what did you do to prepare for this pageant? And I was humiliated because I didn't even have an answer. Preparation, and then she puts in you know, parentheses, and the level of preparation separates the runners-up from the queens. So interesting thing about 
Brooklyn's comment there is this question is actually in our free document that we give away to whoever wants it. Um, it's our 233 free pageant interview questions. Mm-hmm. So if she would have downloaded that, she could have been prepared because especially with these smaller pageants, I mean, every country has these different small pageants. Some of them are fairs and festivals. Some of them are charity events. Some of them are done through uh, the educational center. But um, the judges, they're not really well-versed on what to ask. And so what they do is they jump online, they Google pageant questions, and ours pops up. And then they basically just ask what's on our list, right? Because we're the experts, we would send our name. And without them even knowing Mm -hmm. anything, they're like, oh, here's a free list. So that's why like studying our list is so important because so many judges and directors downloaded them and just use them and Mm -hmm. interview. So it's like a copy paste, you know, kind of scenario. And, you know, if you want to download it, you just create a free contestant profile um, on pageant planet and then go to the, the add on section. You got to go to like membership options and then add ons mm-hmm. and then just with a click of a button, you get our list. So it's pretty easy. Um, but what's your takeaway on, on all this? Like how, what do you suggest a beginner, even her starting point or his or her starting point to prepare? So there are two, two subsections of like the don't underestimate what it takes to win category I want to talk through. And the first is how to make smart decisions while preparing. So you ask like, what, what's the first step? And this is what I would suggest, especially if you're brand new to pageants, you may not know all that's required to be successful. But my favorite rule of thumb that I'm going to pass on today is ask yourself the question, would the winner of the pageant do this? And that can be used in the moment for decision-making or as you look through your pageant requirements. Like, so for example, if I like, I'm going to totally go like off script here, but like if I were at a restaurant before leading up to my pageant, like I went out to eat for a special occasion and I was debating between the chicken parm, which is one of my favorite meals ever, pasta, cheese, breaded chicken. I mean, what's not to love or a salad with some grilled chicken on top. Okay. Would the winner of this pageant choose the salad or the chicken two weeks out from the pageant or the chicken parm? The winner would choose the salad, right? So it's in in the moment you can use it for anything. But like if you're looking through the different pageant requirements, is there a fitness competition? So this is the starting point. So, okay, this fitness competition, great. Would the winner work out? Yes, they would in the fitness competition. Of course they would. Would the winner practice walking in their evening gun before the pageant? Definitely. Would the winner stay out too late partying the week of the pageant? Likely not. So you can use that as a barometer along the way. Yeah, I like that. And with this, there's a few things. So one, it's you can take this to the most extreme level. So if you're competing, let's say at a local, um, you know, Miss USA, Miss India, Miss Australia, that ultimately leads to Miss Universe Australia, Miss um, Universe South Africa, right? And it goes to uh, Miss Universe, like the, the grand prize. So it's like, okay, would Miss Universe be working out? Like, what do you mm-hmm. ultimately want? Do you ultimately just want to have that local title or do you want to have the the national title? And um, so asking yourself that question in light of your ultimate goal, in addition, like having a preparation, like timeline, like roadmap, like what you're planning on doing, how many months out. Mm-hmm. And lucky for those listening, if you haven't already looked into our memberships. Our box membership especially contains free virtual coaching, 
plus a monthly email that's sent to you monthly. I think we even have biweekly emails, Stephen, yeah. that go out. Um, so essentially biweekly emails that like remind you, okay, you're this, you're five months out. Now's the time to do this. And we give you a checklist in your box that you can just, you can physically hold it, take a pen and say, okay, I scheduled my free coaching session this month. Check. Because if you're getting a free coaching session, why on earth wouldn't you use it? Would the winner schedule her free coaching session? Yes, she would. So you should be too. Yep. hundred percent. So it's, creating a game plan and then sticking mm-hmm. with it because your emotions your emotions are going to fluctuate like okay so we're moving into the the third week of January and a lot everybody sets new year's resolutions okay new year's i am going to do this and the question is have you already dropped it <laughs> and if you have you know there's no judgment around it you just need to acknowledge it and you need to acknowledge why so most of the time, if you do not hold to a resolution, you don't have a strong enough why. Like, mm-hmm. okay, losing weight, I think probably 90% of us like say, I want to lose weight. But if you don't tie it into something that's real to you, then it's not going to happen. Like when I was like, I'm going to compete in a fitness competition. I guarded my mouth and my fork with like, you know, judo type skills because I knew I was going to be on stage in like a few months and I needed to look the part, you know, versus like now it's like, I'm going to lose some weight and I'm not going to, you know, have any like whiskey or wine, you know, for like three months. I'm like, I mean, I had a glass of whiskey last night because I'm like, eh, why am I doing this again? <laughs> oh yeah. Cause it's new year's. I'm supposed to like want to lose weight. Um, so there's that. And, um, having that like strong why and knowing why you're doing it. Um, and the more you can get clear on the why, the easier the like the whole preparation phase is going to be for you. Exactly. And we talked a few weeks ago on one of our podcasts about how to stay motivated because we were anticipating this new year would bring ebbs and flows like you just talked about, Stephen. And one of the tips that I think Sherry, one of our staffers mentioned was focus on the end goal. Like you said, like your why was you were going to be on stage in like a thong bikini. Um, not necessarily, <laughs> literally. Uh, but- I picture myself in a thong bikini. It is not pretty. That picture is not <laughs> <laughs> But so she so Sherry had said her tip was she doesn't think about the immediate like, oh, I need to drink more water because it's important. She's like, okay, I'm going to feel so much better and my skin's going to look better. My metabolism's going to be faster. These are all the benefits of the decision that I'm making in the moment. So I think very similar to what you just said, it's just making sure you're aligned with, okay, why am I doing this pageant? Yeah. Yeah. And so to kind of recap on like how to make smart decisions while preparing, first, get really clear why you're doing this like get mm-hmm. really clear what why you're 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 competing for your pageant and you know that you've hit the real reason not the fluff reason when it's kind of embarrassing to share it with other people it's one of those things where it's like because oh, it is so close to your heart you're like here you go <laughs> like this mm-hmm. is real here's the real reason and i mean I, I can put myself on the chopping block I, um, 2014 made a goal that I wanted to meet my wife and that was a pretty hairy, audacious goal. And so I had to get really, um, real with like why I wanted to, uh, why I wanted to do that. Or I'm sorry, no, let me step back. 
I also wanted to make a financial, I also had a financial goal. So that was my two goals in 2014. It was first was a financial goal. And the second, I wanted to meet my wife. And the reason why I wanted to meet my wife is I was like, okay, like I'm, I think I was 32, but I was just like, okay, it's, it's time. Like I am ready to meet my life partner. Like I'd pretty much been single for like four or five years outside of that. And I'm like, okay, I'm ready to get married and I want to meet that person. But then I had this financial goal. I'm like, why do I really want to do this? And I asked myself and debating back and forth. And I realized that, oh my gosh, I don't feel like a man until I made X amount of money. Like I didn't feel like confident enough to attract the type of woman that I wanted until I made X amount of money. And it was so embarrassing for me at the time to just admit, okay, I'm, you know, pretty much my version of poor and I need to get here before I feel man enough to even like attract like who I want to be my wife. And that was so like just embarrassing for me. It was tough to share. Um, Mm -hmm. So, and the end result was got the financial goal and found my wife, you know, in that same year. But Mm -hmm. so basically keep asking yourself why. And then if you get to pretty much the, the rock bottom and you're like, okay, this is as far as I got and I'm not sure you just put it on the shelf and keep asking yourself until you get that real reason. So that's step one. And then step two is based on that. Make yourself a um, pageant preparation timeline. Or you can just basically pay us 29 bucks um, a month. And we do it all for you. Completely automated. So emails in your inbox. A box delivered to your doorstep. If you live within the United States. If you live outside the United States. You get emails. Um, the checklist all there. Um, and... Then three, it's like stick with your plan. And as Jesse said, like would a winner like basically cop out or would a winner push through? Mm -hmm. And of course, because you are winners, you're going to push through. Can I, can I go back to the first point of summary you talked about with about the why? Mm -hmm. So if I, like Steven, you gave a great example of like life, right? Because we, you and I we're aging and we're getting more removed from pageant age. Um, but if I like kind of put our contestants, our current clients into the fold here and help them visualize it, I just say the first question I ask any of our coaching clients is why do you want to win this pageant? And I usually start with pretty, I get with like a pretty fluffy answer to start like, Oh, I, um, I really want to be a role model. Okay. And then I continue to ask them why until we get to the crux of, what the real root is. So I say, okay, why is it important for you to be a role model? And then it gets a little less fluffy. And I say, okay, and, and then we just dive in. And eventually, sometimes this ends up with tears because it's a real emotional like moment where they're like, okay, yeah, this is the root of why I'm doing this. And this is why I want to be the, in this position of leadership, of public figureship, whatever it is. So if you are, if you are finding it difficult to find the, the root of the why, just continue to ask yourself those questions until you get to the real emotional response. And Steven said, it might not be comfortable. It might feel embarrassing because a lot of our contestants, like they do come from humble beginnings and they're very proud of where they came from. And then when we get there, they're so it's so raw because it's taken them so long to reach this level of confidence, achievement, et cetera. So drill down on that why until it makes you uncomfortable. Yeah, and if you're uncomfortable doing it yourself, Hire Jesse for a session, you know, <laughs> <laughs> let her take you through the uncomfortable process. Easy. Done. I mean, I've seen, I've, we've had, I've like, I've teared up 
I've had sobs with boogers on the other end of our Skype <laughs> on these. Like, it's just really important to uncover, like, if you're spending these hundreds of hours of preparation, yeah. that you gotta, you have to know why you're doing it. Completely. Okay. So that, okay. I think we, we nailed that point. Yes. Um, what's the sub point behind don't underestimate what it takes to win? Okay. So incorporate preparation for every phase of competition into every day. And I'm not saying this is the only preparation you should be doing. It's just like little moments throughout like your routine. So let's say pageant has the following phases and we'll do a hypothetical here. So it has evening gown, swimsuit, talent, and interview. So essentially like let's pretend it's the old Miss America, right? Um, but that's a heck of a lot of things to focus on every day. So right. can you dedicate an hour to each of those phases every single day? Likely not. So here are some things like I want you to think about in your daily life that you can adopt or you can figure out how to finagle it so it works. So maybe you wear your evening gown shoes while you cook dinner in the kitchen to practice how to gracefully move in them. So you can't dedicate an hour to walking this day. That's fine. Let me put them on for 20 minutes while I'm doing something else. Great. Do calf raises while you wait at the printer at work or between classes if you're a student. So make sure just like get some little movements, get your muscles engaged. If you're a singer for talent, let's say do your scales in the shower. Or if you are fortunate enough to be able to get driven to school or work or you drive yourself, go ahead and belt it out in the car. If you are practicing your your interview, call a friend during your commute or another time of day and ask them to surprise you with three interview questions. Each of those things, again, you're not adding any time to your schedule. It's just something that you can make sure that you're reconnecting with your pageant every day. <laughs> yeah, I can, I can remember going, uh, walking through the mall with a few state title holders. And it was like, whenever there's like an open space in the mall, they just Boom, went right into their walk. And exactly, <laughs> yes. I was like, get it, girl. All right, I'm going to be in this shop. Let me know when you're done. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but it, that's whenever there's an open space, it's like the, these girls uh, don't feel obligated to do this around me if you find yourself in a situation where I'm walking with you in the mall. But, <laughs> but they just like, they just kept just doing it. And I, I thought it was so funny um, that they just went right into their routine. And Everybody else, like in the mall, they, they just didn't really know what was going on, but we did. And that's how mm -hmm. they practice. They just practice on the fly. Yeah. And like, again, you sh like if you are not spending an hour or two a day on your prep in either in any of these categories or you pick one every day, like you should be supplementing that. Like you're not going to win your pageant just by doing these little daily things. These are a complement to your already pretty rigorous prep. So keep that in mind. But if you are like keeping it in mind every day when you're doing these little things, like your mentality will be consistently working on pageant skills. You'll be thoroughly prepared, mentally invested, and constantly improving yourself. Love that. Okay, so I feel like we've done a pretty good job. Well, let's kind of recap on some of the tools before mm -hmm. we move on yeah. um, and maybe share some new ones. So we talked about our pageant preparation timeline, which is included yeah. in every type of membership portal uh, that we mm -hmm. have plus yep. our box. Um, also, if you're not signed up for Pageant Daily, which is our free newsletter oh, yes. that's delivered right into your inbox, we give you questions of the day, news recaps, and tips. It's all delivered, again, right into your email inbox around 6.30 every morning. So and it's free. Yeah, it's, it's free. It's totally free. I mean, you should be doing it. Absolutely. Uh, this 
you know, a podcast you can listen to while you're working out, while you're driving to um, work, etc. What else? Is that that could pretty much cover it? Um, we already talked about the the, pra- the practice questions. That's a huge one too. That's also oh free. the practice questions. Yeah, I forgot mm-hmm. about that one. And then our shop, like our shop, has a lot of good deals and stuff, which can like at least you can get the price points of things, and then you can say, um, okay, I need to save up for that, so you can help do your budget. And I just thought of this, but so um, for everybody listening, Jesse got me um, an Alexa uh, for mm-hmm. Christmas, and you can just say Alexa news brief, and then she just says here's what's going on in the news right now. So like when I'm walking into like get lunch, I'll say Alexa news brief and I'll eat my lunch and the news briefs over and then, okay, I come back to, to work. And so that's like another little optional tool that you can get it like right there on the spot. So there's no excuse with technology the way it is to not be able to, I know you hate this term, Steven is multitask. Mm-hmm. Like you can achieve two things at once. Like I used to watch like Netflix while I would cook dinner and then I was like, you know what? I'm wasting so much energy watching Netflix while I cook dinner. But if I listen to a podcast, I find that like it uplifts me. It's not a, I mean, again, no judgment to Netflix. I still spend plenty of time watching Netflix, but I try to choose things that fulfill me or motivate me, et cetera, with that background noise. And it makes a big difference. Yeah. So to be fair, like listening to news while cooking is not considered multitasking, but with like watching Netflix while cooking, it's kind of like the the whole switch tasking thing, which just mm-hmm. really severely reduces your productivity. Yes. That's why I don't like it for everybody listening. Okay. Yes. <laughs> so, all right. We, we've covered now. Don't underestimate what it takes to win. I what, thought of one more thing. Oh, okay. Good. I'm sorry. Yep. Our courses. We didn't mention the courses. Oh, gosh. So, yeah. That's a big part of what we do now. Yes. Especially if you are new to the industry or you're newer or you been in the game for a long time and you want to kind of see what the trends are every three weeks we release a new course and again totally free and i think we've done we've done head a headshot course a makeup course a hair course a shoe course evening um, gown evening gown goals course. yes so there are so many different courses that we have and again i think Stephen, one of your goals that you mentioned at one point was you wanted to read 10 or 15 minutes a day maybe that's one of your goals um go ahead and log right on take 10 minutes and read a section of a course or um, scroll down to the section that you find to be more most applicable to you. So those resources are available too. Yeah. And they're like 70 pages long and like a bunch Ridiculous. of subsections. I mean, so valuable. yeah. And that's like without images. That's how long it is. So that means they're really content rich. I mean, they're basically a book. I mean, it's, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. But, um, and then <laughs> so the last thing is, the directory. We didn't mention the directory either. Like oh, you can, snap. you can research your pageant and see, like, with our directory. If you just type in the pageant name, so let's just say it's like Miss USA, well, the system of Miss USA pops up, and then you click on that, and then you can see all the way back to like nineteen, I mean, you know, fifty or whenever Miss USA started, um, all the different pageants, the contestants that competed in it, kind of what they wore, like fun facts about them. And you can do that for pretty much any pageants. And if you're not finding it, just consider reducing the keyword phrase until it pops up. Um, our search is not that great um, yet. We're enhancing yes. it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So if it's like Miss United States, just search maybe like United States and then look for the national pageant. Or if it's like if your pageant has like, the word um, South African and it just search like the keyword South Africa 
um, in order to find it. So uh, we're working on it. It'll be done this year, probably within like five or six months, but it, you know, it's a work in progress. But anyways, really valuable, like lots of contestants and really good research. Amen. Amen. All right. So moving on to the next um, point. What What's the, gosh, next tip, I guess? Next this is section, the aftermath. This is the aftermath. Yes. Yeah. So we started with don't underestimate what it takes to win. And now we're going to talk about don't underestimate what it takes when you win. And Stephen, do you want to read this submission from Instagram? Yeah. So this comes from MissOrem.ut. Um, she said, I did not realize how big of a time commitment being a title holder is. The actual pageant night on stage is only icing on the cake compared to the amount of community service and advocacy that come with actually wearing the crown. My first big year being crowned as an attendant, I was able to show Miss Orem 2017, and I did almost 300 service events with her. That's crazy. When I ran again for Miss Orem the next year, I knew exactly what kind of life commitment I was making, and I planned to make the sacrifices necessary to serve my community to the best of my ability. My best advice to someone running for a pageant for the first time is that they should be prepared to schedule additional time every week to serve and promote their platform. Yes, 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 yes. Well, and that's the thing. Like a lot of times people, especially newbies, I mean, they compete and they win the crown. They're like, yes, I've made it. And I mean, every pageant's different, but in most pageants, it's like that's where the real work begins because you need to get out in the community and pretty much be the spokesmodel for the city, the nation, or the world, I mean, depending on your title. Mm-hmm. And I will even take it a step further and say that thinking about this in advance also helps you in your interview and your paperwork and being able to present why they should choose you. Like Catriona, the current Miss Universe She's been involved with her platform for years, and I would be shocked if it didn't come up in her interview or her paperwork or something that reminded the judges that she was a quality candidate. So it's not just if you like, it's not just the mental preparation of what's to come. It's okay. What's your plan? What have you thought about and how you can share that with the judges? Because they want to picture you in the role just as much as you've, as, as you've pictured yourself. Yeah. What is it that you always tell contestants? It's like not what you plan on doing, but what you already have done. Yes, I tell them to figure out there's three facets to their story, the past, the present, and the future. And how I break that down and how they work on it is the past is, why are you here? Like, what in your life has motivated you to enter this pageant? And it usually gets to that, like, really deep story that we talked about when you drill down on the why. That's the past. The present, what they're already doing to justify why they should win. So things, activities, clubs, et cetera. And the future, what they will do as Miss Orem um, in this case, and how is that different from what they're already doing? So what? how will you take what you're already doing to the next level? Yeah. So past, present, future. And when you're like working on that 30-second elevator pitch, just go ahead and tell, okay, here's a sentence about my past, here's a sentence about my present, and here's a sentence about my future, and that alone should be able to convince any judge that you should win. Yeah, that's good. Okay, so the first step in all this, right, is to mm-hmm. now and not wait till after you win the title is to figure mm-hmm. out what's most important to you. Yes. Um, the first step to really long-term title hold planning is to establish what the heck you care enough about to dedicate all this time to. Mm-hmm. And like most is what we've covered. It might not be obvious at first. Um, some of us like you are really fortunate 
to like not have had experiences or family or been exposed to like serious illnesses. And in that case, it could be hard to define like Mm -hmm. what's important to you platform wise, like what kind of um, community service events that you want to do. So um, do you have a trick in this area to help people that maybe don't have like, okay, my brother is suffering from X, therefore I am connected Mm -hmm. to this platform. How can you do that? Yeah. Yeah. A lot of contestants struggle with, okay, what is my platform if I don't have something obvious? And so my trick is think about the area you'll represent. So you have a sash, you're Miss Orem. Clearly that's an area. Okay. So can we think about what Orem needs? So maybe, maybe the County that you live in, if you like are researching and you know that it's a low socioeconomic County, or there's a lot of reduced Price lunches in the schools. Okay, so you know poverty is a big issue. Okay, how can you help? Fi- I, I mean, you one person alone can't fix poverty, but how can you set people that are impoverished up for success? What can you do to help that? So, like, you can really determine what you can do to make a real impact there and dedicate your energy to that. So, you leave the judges with a we need this girl feeling. Because, like, most of the time for local pageants or state pageants, the judges are from that area or that state and they will get it they'll be, they'll see it firsthand on a regular basis and like wow this girl has really thought of a plan to increase mentorship in our schools and i'm just throwing a couple examples out that really don't connect with each other but just to give you some ideas yeah. um but it's really important and you want to walk out of the room and then them really saying we we need this right now where we are and so if it's not about you, it can be about the area you represent. And hopefully that sparks some ideas. And it takes a little bit of research sometimes to find what those um, blind spots are in your community. But if you want to be that title holder, that's the time and energy you put in. Well, yeah. And I mean, you can kind of look around. So, I mean, I live in Massachusetts and like potholes are a massive thing. <laughs> I mean, I've never really done re- research on it, but I know Renata and I, we've we've hit a few potholes were like oh my god I felt like I lost the car <laughs> I mean with you know and one time last year the whole tire went flat you know so um because of a pothole but like you can also look at your city or state and just be like wow trash I mean is pretty much a big issue for everybody like littering etc so mm-hmm. it's like okay how can I do that and that would work perfect if you're in the um, Miss Earth organization you know which is really massive all around the globe. So um, things like that, that you just see a problem in your city that everybody pretty much complains about. And you just say, all right, I'm going to make that my platform. Because again, like you're relevant um, to that organization. And I want you to think big too, because you don't want your platform to be fixing potholes across Massachusetts, right? That <laughs> right. just probably right. wouldn't work. But if you did civic engagement, that would be really cool. You go to school, say, hey, what what are some things, if you were the, if you were the mayor for a day, what would you change? And you get that dialogue going, say, okay, well, I'm going to teach you how to write a business letter that you can send to your representatives. And I'm going to show you how to find your representatives. That's pretty cool. That is really unique to give, give a voice to, I mean, it doesn't have to be kids. It can be teens. It can be adults, et cetera. It's okay. How can you improve your community? And it's through civic engagement. So again, it can be as granular or as overarching as you'd like. Yeah, I mean, and, I mean, you, could, you I know that you know potholes is, is too minor, but you could say like 
with your crown and sash, you could sort of social media, like just pointing at random potholes and just like, who's responsible for this? Like tag you know, your congressman or your mayor or whatever to fix this pothole. Because you'll like engage the city, the citizens are there like, oh my gosh, I've lost a tire in that thing, right? But the overarching is civil engagement or like, you know, making your city a better place. But then you could do fun things with that around potholes, trash pickup, um, et cetera. You're never going to get a day named after you by the mayor <laughs> if you do it. But, you, I mean, you but you'll make mass media probably. People. Yeah. People will be like, I love Miss Oram, right? She t- yeah. like, she is shining <laughs> light on real issues here. Pageants are relevant. Yes. Oh my, oh my goodness. Okay. But I will say anything like that, though, you can fight for change in whatever category you choose. If it's like we talked about, if it's an illness, if it's civic engagement, whatever it is, but you should still remain positive. You never want to be like, you can be a public figure that's igniting change, but you never want to be a villain. So keep that in mind. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and the, the great thing is with all these things, because you're, um, if you're not taking yourself so serious, and this is depending on your personality and your platform and all that, you can really have some fun with it too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it doesn't always have to be like world peace and want to solve everybody's problem or feed every starving child in the world, even though those are great. It just doesn't have to be that extreme each time. Cool. Oh, definitely not. Yeah. So, okay. So, um, is there a sub, there's additional sub points here. Yes. Um, okay. So this is like, this is, you're about to be shook, Steven. Okay, shake me. (laughs) Pageants aren't about you. And I say that as if I'm talking to the contestant. Uh Uh-huh. And like, dang, that's a hard realization for like a lot of people and especially new, most new contestants, because when we choose to enter a pageant, it's extremely brave and empowering, isn't it? Right. And of course it's about me. I'm the one that gets the crown. I'm the one mm-hmm. that gets the sash and I get the title and, you know, prize money, scholarship money. I'm the one that gets their recognition. Why would it not be about me? Mm-hmm. It, and it feels personal because it is like entering a pageant is extremely personal. So when you're thinking about what would it mean if you win, like, What will you do beyond that? Like what you have to think beyond what it will do for you. Like it's not just going to open doors for you to get a modeling career. I mean, it very well may, but you can't let the, the thought process of what it's going to mean stop at you. Yeah. Well, it's just like any leadership position that you're in Mm -hmm. And, and really it's, there's a popular buzzword with like CEOs, but it's like, it translates in all areas of life. It's servant leadership. Like the more responsibility you get, like the more you should be serving other people. And that's really what pageantry is all about. Mm -hmm. And like, it doesn't always have to be about service or platform. We just spent quite a bit of time talking about service and platform. And I think that is important to your title holder plan, at least being aware of how you can give back, but it could be, you could be thinking about how to be business-based. So maybe you are very professional and you know you can bring in five new sponsors. Amazing. That's something that you're doing for the pageant that the judges want to hear about, that the directors want to, want to see. Or maybe it's a glamorous goal. Maybe you are in the beauty industry and you want to create your own skincare line and that's your goal and it's going to tie back to your title. I mean, whatever it is, it doesn't always have to be service. So like not all of us are naturally inclined to volunteerism. Again, I do think it's important that everyone is involved in that, 
But whatever your goal is for the pageant, like make it known and think beyond how it impacts you. Yeah. See, I'm I'm not like now I have I volunteered in the past. Yes. Will I in the future? Absolutely. But that's not my go to. I would much rather if I was a title holder for an organization to be like, okay, let's increase your contestants, like the amount of contestants that um, compete this year versus last year. Um, and then like, let's increase our sponsorship. Let's try to get this pageant on good morning America or our local version of good morning America. Um, Mm -hmm. so there's, you're still not making it about you. You're making about the organization and you'll find like that stuff always comes around to you in a massive way. Because, um, if your dream is to be in, you know, PR or be in communications or be in marketing by you positioning the pageant first, and getting the pageant in the spotlight, you naturally become in the spotlight. So if you could say as part of your resume, oh, I've been on all these news channels, um, if if you're wanting a spokesmodel position or if you're going for a communications degree, or you can say, oh, I've got all these appearances for this particular pageant, if you're going for a marketing or PR degree, then all of that helps set you up for success later on in life. Mm -hmm. And I'll give you an example of like that, I'll tie back that past, present, future we talked about in the first bullet. And I'm going to give you an example of how it sounds like when it's service-based and how you can make it sound just as strong when it's business-based. So if it's service-based, let's say, um, I'm I'm here because I never had a mentor. And I never, I never was able to look at someone else like me that had success in my community. So for the past, and so then we go into the present. So for the past five years, I have been a mentor through big brothers, big sisters, so that I can be a mentor for someone else that I didn't have. Okay. The future is I plan to visit five schools in our county that have, um, that have low socioeconomic facts. And I'm going to go to those high schools and encourage those students to sign up for big brothers, big sisters, so that we can create more mentors and future success stories. Right. So that was me being a little off the cuff. So mm-hmm. that's like your service one. Yep. But here's your business one. You can say, I never knew how empowering entering a pageant could be. But here I am. I have dedicated myself for the past six months to improving my confidence, being healthier, and you can say a whole host of other things. So it's such a present. The future is I want to expose this system to 20 other contestants in our area. I think the numbers of this pageant should be so much higher because of what it's given me and more women need to need to experience that. So I'm going to use my connections with the media through my PR degree to make those contacts and put this pageant in a bigger light in the media. So right. Yeah. Both of them equally would create a great agent for change, whatever title it would be. And again, I'm out of practice. But like you can structure whatever your strength is in a way that will serve that pageant and every single judge is going to take notice of it. So good. Okay. So if you had to summarize um, this whole episode, um, Mm -hmm. how would you do that? So in summary, I think both the long game and the short game are important for your first pageant. And we separated that into the pre and the post, but you should be thinking about it all at once. So even if it's like, 
your first pageant or your 51st pageant, sometimes it just takes a while to realize the bigger picture of what the judges are looking for. So hopefully this sparks something in you, whether you are a newbie or a returnee. And the judges are really hoping for a contestant that gives them an emotional reason to root for them. They want to love the title holder that they pick. So provide that to them through the sacrifices you've made along the way. So you can share those preparation tips and goals with them and the impact that you can have if they choose you. So, oh, I should scratch that when they choose you. We want you to have that when it happens mentality. Love that. All right. Well, thanks everyone for listening. And if you've received any benefit from this show or from ones previous, please consider giving us a five-star review. It may seem like a small action, but it really does help us keep the show going. Want to become a part of pageant history? Create a free contestant or business profile on pageantplanet.com to unlock hidden features and connect with other experts throughout the world.